Hey, there you are. Dylan Branch. <laughs> How's it going? <clears throat> it's going pretty well. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm a little cold, but I'm good. Oh, yeah? You've been working outside today? A little bit here and there. Trying to avoid it. Uh, yeah, we're planting a hazelnut orchard, and yeah. Well, you cold. are. Yeah, you are the only farmer in the league. The league only the league token farmer. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's a good opener. That's where you are now. You are a farmer. Maybe uh, explain a little bit about yeah, the family biz that you are now running. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of people don't know. I mean, I know. I was this uh, drug using flamboyant, you know, liberal going to Oregon. But yeah, I actually grew up farming and on a family farm on my mom's side. Um, grew up in a manufactured home, just kind of out in the country, dinking around, picking blueberries, working at the warehouse, driving equipment, tractors and whatnot. I learned how to drive a, a clutch at, I don't know, probably nine years old. Kind of mm-hmm. country bumpkin upbringing, believe it or not. And then my mom uh, met my stepdad, uh, who's from Portland. He got a job at the state. She started doing her own thing, started her own business. Long story short, we got off the farm. So we moved to West Salem. And yeah, that's when I kind of became like a city kid. And then I still would work in the summer um, on the farm. I like until I was about 17, um, 18. That's when I met Manzo, actually, believe it or not. I worked at the movie theater with him. And yeah, and then it was like, okay, yeah, you go to OSC and go to ag college or like, screw this. I want to go to, you know, a school that's far away from home, um, all that stuff. So went to Oregon, uh, became a hippie dippy and then did a bunch of things on and off. Grandpa was not big on succession. So I was like, I have a college degree. I might go to law school, do jobs here and there. I don't want to be a freaking day laborer. Um, yeah. Or just, yeah. I don't want to be a day laborer. I want to go do something else. And then finally, kind of grandpa kind of came to his senses. Some stuff happened. Um, he got sick. My mom got sick. A lot of financial troubles with the farm. And yeah, we didn't have a succession plan. And then they finally, we, we did some seminars and stuff. Long story short. Uh, yeah. Now I'm running the farm. So, yeah, well, and I mean, I don't even think I knew portions of that, but, um, yeah, but the farm's successful today. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a big enterprise that you guys have out in Mama. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Like people kind of always laugh like, Oh, well, do you live on the farm? It's like, well, I live on the farm. I mean, one way to describe it to somebody who knows like nothing about farming is we kind of like, we own like 20 farms. Right. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, you know, the old days you had a house and you have 150 acres of land and you have your little farm, your little tractor. Well, what happened is a lot of people stopped farming and then other farms buy those farms. Yep. So we have like 15, 20 little farms, you know, each farm has its own house, different property, different. So all that stuff. So, yeah. So we're one large base farm, but yeah, we're very spread out. We're about uh, a little over 5,000 acres. So, yeah. yeah. And how many employees? Yeah. So right now, so in the winter, this is the downtime. Year round, we're about thirty, and then we go up to about fifty um, in the summer. We hire about twenty seasonal people. So and that fluctuates 
on and off, depending on the year. But um, that's probably the good average right now. Where I think we're at about thirty-two. So, yeah, which is, I mean, I imagine it's a pretty good size for that community. You guys have to be one of the top employers. Yeah, as far as as far as farms go, we're the biggest in Monmouth. There's a farm equivocal our size in roughly. They do a little bit of different things. Uh, and independence and then also i don't know if you guys are familiar with coleman they grow all the hops um mm. uh for rogue for rogue okay. brewery the coleman nice. family and they're in independence and they're very they're a very big operation but they're spread out in multiple cities so their their main farm is based in independence but they're in salem and the coast and all over yeah cool and then you're uh i mean you're saying you you're planting hazelnuts and yeah is that is that what you're primarily growing? Uh, believe it or not, no. So of the five thousand acres, we only have about two hundred and fifty acres of hazelnuts. After this planting, we will have about three hundred and twenty, and we're gonna go up to five hundred. So percentage wise, no. But um, I guess on a per acre basis, I mean the amount of labor per acre it takes to grow hazelnuts versus like you know, grass seed or grain or any other crops um, is a lot more, you know, it's like five to five to one, 10 to one, five to one on inputs, 10 to one on labor. Um, mm-hmm. But you're hoping to get that back 30 to one, uh, right? Revenue per acre. So a lot more capital investment, but um, yeah, hopefully once they're established, they'll keep the lights on for us for the next generation. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So what else do you guys grow out there? So hazelnuts. primarily a little more history about the farm that we're on it. We used to start in sheep. My great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah, I think it's three greats. Immigrated, wow. immigrated from Scotland. They settled okay. around Monmouth. He mm-hmm. was into sheep and goats. And then he had a son who used to show sheep. That's my great grandfather or great, great grandfather. Wow used to show sheep and bought a farm showing sheep. So back in the day, like showing, showcasing animals, like you could literally buy land. That's how profitable that was, which is like the weirdest, whitest, early 1900s <laughs> thing I've ever And he bought a little farm and we started sheep and he actually brought the first Romney sheep to America. And that means probably nothing to you, but Romney are like a big breed that are used in, in America. They brought the first Romneys. To America, we were successful sheep farmers, and then we started doing grass seed. My grandfather started doing grass seed in the 80s, and that's what we've done for the last 30 years. Um, 80% has been mainly grass seed for forage and for, like, turf, like lawns, yeah. football fields. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, or seed for other farmers. I mean, we do, like, cr- cover crops. You know, we do rye, radish. Veg. I mean, the crop list is endless and kind of boring, but primarily we're getting, we're trying to get seed. That's, okay. that's, that's what we're trying to get. Harvest seed. Nice. And so no <sighs> more sheep, no more sheep, no living animals. No more sheep. Grandpa got rid of the sheep. Um, I believe it was 88. It was like just, just a year or so before I was born. Mm-hmm. He just, one of these days, I think one of a sheep got out in the road or something, or I can't remember the deal. And like, my grandpa's just like, fuck it. Get these sheep the fuck out of here. And that's what they did. They they got rid of the barns and got all the sheep out and sold all the sheep and used them to store equipment. And um, yeah, just stuck with kind of grass seed. So 
Wow. No, no animals. I mean, we have we have like eight cows. My cousin was big into animal husbandry, so he kind of takes care of the cows, and the cows are just for as a benefit. We offer uh, meat to employees, yeah, you know, and for gifts and stuff. I think we've given you guys some. Yes, we've had uh, some beef before, mm-hmm. and then I've had some hazelnuts from you as well. So, yep. yeah, I've I've, uh, I've taken from the land. Yes, yes, you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our bountiful harvests. Well, <laughs> outside of being the only farmer, um, I yep. believe you're the only father. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Good segue. Duh. Um, so you yeah. have a child. I do. Maybe talk about your child yeah. a little bit. Oh, gosh. Uh, this is such like a self-centered podcast. It's all uh, about you. It's about nothing else yeah. but you. Gosh, man, I was really hoping to talk about like one of the Cox brothers or oh, something. We'll, we'll or get there, don't worry. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, my child, I mean, she's fucking awesome. I love her, man. I mean, once you have a kid, you know, I would say, I'll say this with kids, every cliche you hear, because you got to think, you know, half the planet has kids yep. or probably more, probably 80, you know, there's very few people that are, just don't reproduce in this world. Um, or let's, well, sorry. Not speaking of, let, speaking of the Cox brothers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all the cliches you hear, you know, you'll never love anything else the same. And oh, they grow up so fast. I mean, everyone is just so true. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can go down that list, but it's wonderful. I'd highly recommend it. Um, but I also, I guess I wouldn't recommend it unless you really ready to, like, unless you were like ready to grow like the fuck up. <laughs> like, you just, like, whatever your bad habits are, you just, you have to drop them now. And not that I'm saying I have completely, but it's kind of, it's stressful putting now something above your needs. Like, already when a marriage is already a compromise for those of you newlyweds out here, I know half the league or so is married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's already a new thing. Okay. Now I have, now I have another person's needs to think about. You have to keep them in mind. You have to think of things 50, 50, right. Or as a team. Now you're literally every time, every time you wake up, like if it's not work related for me and even then, if it is like, I have to think what, what is going on in Sage's world? Uh, luckily Lulu does like 80% of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) She really does. She's a fantastic mother, so I'm really lucky there. But um, yeah, still, I mean, it's it's everything you do. I mean, I mean, traveling, going here, going there. It's always like, okay, well, how is that going to work with you know? How is that going to work with Sage? As simple as like staying at a hotel or what rest stop or what we did a nine hour drive to Oakland for Thanksgiving. Like where are we we had to like plan that out so strategically. Like, you know, what time do you leave planning it with her naps? Mm. Like your just entire life now is, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, is she, is she, how is she going to handle this hotel at this night? And are you prepared for her to scream? And then along the way, you're having the fights and debate of, okay, do you give her a, an iPad <laughs> to keep her <Yeah>. quiet? <laughs> okay. If you do, do you do that all day? Do you, I mean, I don't know. It's. It is what it is. It's something to do. Let's put it that way. I'm not bored in Monmouth. If anybody's worried oh, about yeah. me, I am not yeah. bored. <laughs> I believe that. And yeah. um, Sage is, well, I went to her first birthday, and that was a while yeah. ago. So she must be, what, a year and a half-ish or something? Almost. Almost a year yeah. and a half. No? Yeah. She's 15. Oh, she'll be 16 months here. Okay. Um, a week or so. Yeah. That's awesome. So, 
but but it feels like she's like two. I mean, you see, it feels like she's been around crazy. for a long time. That's for sure. Like it's hard for me well, to think back when yeah. you didn't have Sage in the picture. Sure, sure, yeah, totally. I just mean more like she's only like like fourteen months. Like I don't know. I guess that doesn't sound that old. Fifteen months, but she like holy cow, her comprehension. And I don't think it's just her. I think it's just kids that age. It's just incredible the leap they make from babies to toddlers. Like like uh, newborns to infants isn't a huge leap. I don't think, but the toddler leap is just, it really creeps up yeah. on you. Like, like she under, like you could, you can give her a command to go do something and she will do it to the T. It's really freaky, but she can't talk. You know, that's why it's kind of bizarre. Like she can't talk and, and part of it, she's learning two languages, but you tell her something to do and she'll do it. And she, I don't know. It's, it's kind of surreal. Yeah. Cool. So you guys are going the two language route. Um, Lulu speaking in her native tongue. Yeah, Lulu, and I know a little bit of Arabic, so I try to do, I try to speak in Arabic with her. But yeah, at home with when she's with Lulu, it's strictly one hundred percent Arabic. And then at home, there's certain words or things that we're, me included, we're only doing in Arabic for now. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, Lulu and I talk to each other in English, and I talk to her in English. So and I guess everybody yeah. else, grandma, grandpa, and all no, that. No, I heard so. it's great for like the young mind, but. A lot of times, bilingual kids take a little bit longer to start speaking. So yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, and actually, she went to the pediatrician. And they said they're they're actually going to recommend a, a speech pathologist because Arabic is so yeah. much different from English, like phonetically. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it's not. I don't know. You know, it's, I don't know if it's a huge concern. I'm not worried about it. They're eventually going to talk. I mean, I think I had a cousin that didn't talk till four, and shit, he won't stop talking yeah. now. So. Uh, I'm not too nervous about it. It's just one of those things you have to work with. It was a decision yeah. we made that, like, hey, if you don't if you don't do it now, like, you can do it when they're three. But then, you know, I don't know. Lulu. It also helps Lulu keep up sure. with her Arabic. She only has so many friends who speak Arabic. Yeah, so. I mean, I've seen it with uh, quite a few couples who've had kids now. I think we have some friends who speak Farsi with their kids, and then oh. um, yeah. Claire and Angel, who you've met a few times, they have, yeah. um, mm-hmm. they're in Spanish and English, so, yeah. Oh, that's cool, yeah. So, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's life. Well, um, we can yep. flip the program now to, to the league. Um, okay, And Love it. just, just a little bit of league talk towards the end of these, because we do have outside listeners, you know, like Garrett Brown and Alex Leonard might listen every once in a while. Um, we're still sure, looking for that sure. female audience. I don't know what we can mm. do to attract them. I just started doing sponsorships on here, so we'll see if. I yeah. heard that. I heard that before. That yeah, was, a, that was neat. If a sponsor like I, comes I in, you know, if it's like Billy, the shaving uh, equipment for women or something, you're like, we'll take it. So we're we are fully <laughs> open for women sponsors. But um, but yep. yeah, let's talk about. I mean, you're you're kind of shrouded in controversy right now. You did, you did an mm. ultimate kind of fuck you moment that probably a lot of us have thought about in the past, but have never really pulled the trigger on. So maybe you could explain your yep. thinking and, and what exactly happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was the, how my week ended with the victory, um, in week 12, I mean, what every day is just, this was just such a progression, worse and worse. And I'm not trying to get people to sympathize, but like I would just house so far on the edge and I love this league more than anything. I've 
I think I've only made playoffs, I think, twice. The best finish I've ever finished in this league mm-hmm. is third. And so, I mean, and I'm right there at playoffs. I got Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette. I mean, literally, it's like Sunday, my projection was like 110. I Leonard Fournette suspended. Boom. Okay, plug somebody in. Now it's down to 108 or whatever. Then the Kareem Hunt thing. Okay, he's out. No running backs. I know running backs in sight because Alex Collins is yep. on the IR. Oh, not to mention Alex Collins got hurt yep. that week too. Um, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs was then hurt, questionable, and then they said he wasn't going to mm-hmm. play. So I had Corey Davis and, and Calvin Ridley, and I played Ridley over Davis because Davis was playing at 1 yep. o'clock, and I had to have a backup in case Dave, uh, Diggs didn't play. And what do you know? I play Ridley. Diggs plays anyway, which is okay, cool. Diggs doesn't have – he does an all right game. I literally lose by the points – I would have played with my lineup set on Friday. So not only if anything else would have happened, if Kareem Hunt didn't hit and kick women, if Leonard Fournette didn't freaking punch that Bills guy. I mean, it, I mean, it's just, I don't know. And I guess that doesn't explain what or why I did. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, you got also layer bomb. I just flipped yeah, the switch. Layer bomb team scores his like season low. So you have, a, you have Which, an absolute you know, chance too. That was the thing that was crazy about it. Yeah, if you won by 120, it's just like, okay, yeah, I saw this coming. But it's like, holy yeah. cow. I mean, not only did I barely lose and had a chance, but I literally could have won because of one. With all those bad things happening, I still could have yeah. stuck in, and, and I didn't. And that's just beyond Yeah, and what did it come down to? I mean, we're going to timestamp this. You might listen to this in a year. What did it come down to at the end? You had one guy. You had a quarterback going, right, or something like that? Who Say that was again. going what like I, late oh. for you? Like there was some sort of oh yeah, it was Juju. It was Juju versus Rivers, and like when he when they ran that Austin Eckler or maybe it was Justin Jackson, I was just yeah. like oh man, I was, I was I almost threw my shoe at the TV. I was just so livid because Rivers was he lighting was. it up. Um, but the biggest thing that pisses me off is I had Davis in the lineup at mm-hmm. the flex. I think he got ten points or eleven points, and Ridley got two. And I like lost by seven point nine or eight. Yeah, I mean that's 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 just, I don't know. Well, Ugh. the sanction idea. What do you think about that? Of uh, you just have to pay an amount into the consolation bracket, and then therefore you have a chance to win it. Yeah, listen, league. I'm sorry. It was an immature move. I mean, I knew. I guess I knew. Okay, what are the worst thing that happens? The worst thing that happens is this. Okay, it creates content and it keeps Matt Cox on his toes as commissioner. I mean, I want to challenge him to be a uh, a really good. I don't want him to be Roger Goodell, right? Yeah. I don't want him like when when controversy happens to sit on the sidelines, right, and just think around and play the oh, it's a democracy uh, deal. I understand he's got a hard job. I get it. But um, I wanted to see how he would kind of respond, too. Um, I wanted the league to be engaged. I wanted people to kind of think about, too, hey, like, yeah, I did this because I was mad. But, like, what if we had – I know none of you would probably do this. But, like, what if somebody was just, like, malicious? Like, what if it was – somebody had a falling out and was just like, yep, I'm going to fuck this league over. I'm going to do a – I mean, obviously, that's probably not going to happen, but we do. I want us to think about why we have our rules in place, why we have prizes for consolation or third. I mean, I love how much debate we have. I actually like that it took us three years to do auction because I feel like we take so long on decisions. We really think about every part of the league. And I think that's what keeps people, you know, it, it keeps people in not only engaged in the league, um, but it keeps them 
not having the attitude of, oh, fuck, I hate fantasy football. Because part of the reason why you don't, you hate fantasy football is because of, like, not just the luck, but the, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's like, yeah, you draft one guy and your whole season's over. And I think there's things you can do, whether it's keepers or, or consolation prizes to make things competitive and make, like, how the league was this year engaged till the very end. I think there's rules and fail-safes you can have in place that can, yeah. that can help that. Um, usher that, but that's just my yeah. two cents. I mean, I, mean, I, I agree with you, and I, so I, I had the idea about the consolation prize because I think we need mm-hmm. to, we should have one going forward. Um, yeah, and so I, but I do, I, I think you did highlight that we did, we didn't really think about this other half of the league at the end of the day because some leagues they'll like shut it down to where you can't, you can't pick up anybody if you're outside of the top six, basically. Like your season's, but see, over. I I almost wouldn't yeah. mind that. I almost wouldn't mind that. My point is, we're in limbo. We have sure. nothing. I, I I almost feel like I I'm a hacker. I feel like I'm an internal hacker, and I yes. proved. I was just trying to prove that, like, hey guys, like this could happen. Yeah, like isn't that like black I, I know hatting it won't. or something like that? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, I know that's like stupid, and I sound like a I'm like you know or a social justice yeah. warrior or whatever you want to call it. But it's it's more just kind of I wanted to illuminate that like. Hey, like when you don't have anything in place, things like this can happen. Chaos could, <laughs> yeah. And the counter argument is, I'm just saying, if I'm sitting here and I'm at Cox, or I'm somebody that thinks that is really pissed about what I did, is oh, everybody loves this league and nobody would ever do that. Well, I mean, yeah. you never know. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, you that, really that don't. part's not good enough. But yeah, I, I mean, it, I guess the bad thing would have been if nothing happened, like if. If you did that and it was allowed to where like a person like freezing who I don't know if he oh, yeah. saved fifty dollars because he thinks he's really smart or because now he suddenly gets lucky and can pick up like a, a Leonard Fournette who if Leonard Fournette's playing healthy and that's now a pickup in the playoffs that's that's a totally low or it's a very high RB two low RB one for the rest of the playoffs so yep. So I'm 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 just yep. glad that didn't happen because I didn't want it to skew the results because it appears like we have three very yep. good teams this year. So to, yep, yeah. and I didn't and I didn't I didn't want that to happen. I actually I I guess I miscalculated. I noticed too that uh, a lot of people had zero, and I was just kind of thinking like, oh, nobody can pick these guys up anyway, but people are going to freak out about it. And I it was actually a misstep. I didn't realize that freezing actually legitimately yeah. could. Because I, I, I thought that there were other people that had more no. money than me. Well, it's just, we're out it's of the playoffs, just we, but we had 80 bucks for squeeze. Yeah. yeah, but still. So, no, I understand. I, I knew I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with the punishment. I mean, was this decision of me, not only did it cost me okay my season and then did it cost me another $40? I mean, yeah, that blows. But, I mean, you know, whatever. Like, fuck it. I love this league. I would pay... I mean, what is our buy-in right now? 120. Okay, add another 42. I would pay that every yeah. year for this league. I mean, with the amount of content and the amount of uh, first off competition, mm-hmm. like my god. And this, yeah. I mean, somebody. It's just funny how we like will clown on certain people and stuff. But like, I think every person in this league, in any other league that they're in, is a top three, probably a top three member. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. Well, I mean, but, I've been in the league with Clayton. Um, in other he's definitely not top three but um but maybe everybody else well okay and actually you know if we're talking about people who aren't top three 
I mean, Cox at this point, I've seen, I've, there's too much <laughs> tape out. I already, and I've said that in the other You're podcast, right. but you know, the all 22s there, he's, uh, he's basically Blake Bortles. We know everything that we know what Cox is. <laughs> The yeah. jury's out. You're right. Well, I, I'm more mean. It's not necessarily finishing. I mean, honestly, because, like, some of the best fantasy guys, like Matthew Berry, like, have oh, sure. yeah, yeah. shitty years. I, I, I'm more mean, like, I'm more mean, like, you go to your waiver wire to pick up, uh, I'm trying to think, Spencer Ware. I'm talking about, like, you know, props to Chad. Like, I'm talking about guys, like, drafting James yeah. Conner before. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, the like, not the getting lucky stuff where... I mean, we say it time and time again, you know, oh, yeah, Matthew Berry, yeah, pick this guy up. He's on the waiver wire. You know, he's he's only owning 20% of the leagues. Yeah, guess what? He's fucking picked up in our league a week before that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's that, That's more what I mean is top three. Top three on, like, fantasy knowledge, I guess. You know, I mean, you can be a – I just think you can be a fantasy guru and you can just – I mean, shit can happen. Sure. But I don't know. Maybe I'm No, wrong. I think it's a good take. Well, this has been a great segment of Where Are They Now, Dylan? Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Yep, yep. Hopefully we didn't go over time too much. Um, yeah, hey, good luck to you. In the yeah, playoffs. thanks. Uh, maybe I'll see you before Christmas. Yep, yep. yep. All right, bye. Have a good one.